This is John Back, and you're listening to People in Cincinnati Making Cool Shit. Okay, so uh, you're Nick Ratterman. Yeah. You should say that. I'm Nick Ratterman. And your uh, like stage name or your production name is? Is Ratta. Okay. And that's like... Like a, short for Ratterman, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. So what do you, what is it that you do? Like what kind of music do you make? So I make uh, predominantly drum and bass. Drum and bass. And uh, yeah, so <clears throat> it's basically like, a, if you don't know, it's like, it's, it's like a electronic music that's a bit faster. It's kind of centered around drum breaks, like break beats. That's mm-hmm. kind of the origins of it. Uh, so like the beginning of it was kind of the, it, it has its roots in hip hop. Uh, but it's electronic dance music, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. And so it's been around since like the early 90s. And yeah, man, I've been a fan for the past like 15, 16 years or so, uh-huh. probably a little longer. So who would be like some, who would be like a name you would know? Like if you said like, I don't know who, who that would be. Like who, who's like a famous drum and uh, bass? Like I guess like a name that like a lot of people would know would be like Andy C., um, or Fabio and Groove Rider, DJ Friction. Uh, <clears throat> those are sort of big, big names. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, like yeah. in on the scene, in the drum and bass. Yeah, scene. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, I guess for just like the average person listening, you know, Andy C might ring a bell, Calix and TV. Um, sometimes they kind of cross over into like mainstream electronic mm-hmm. dance music and they'll do play like big stages and stuff like that. Yeah. So how does that... Um... Like if you have like David Guetta or whatever, yeah. However you say it, Guetta. Yeah. Guetta. Uh, no idea. Well, however you say it. So what, his music is what different from yours? Like in the sampling, like other yeah. tracks and that sort of thing. And yours is like you purely create, write songs and create music. Well, he does also, but the the genres are different. So like drum and bass is really defined by its tempo mm-hmm. and the drum breaks. It's not a straight four to the floor beat. Yeah. And like what he makes is more like electro house. Okay. Probably he still makes that. And then electro house. Okay. And that, that's going to be right around 130 beats per minute. So it's slower, but it's like a constant beat, like a four to the floor beat. Uh, so it's just a completely different genre. Like we're both making electronic music, but it's a different style. So how many beats per minute would drum and bass be? I usually write around 174. Is that fast? It's really fast. Yeah. 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 So like if you're listening to like your baby's heartbeat on like the sonogram, you're like that would be faster than 174. Okay. Yeah. What is that your experience? Yeah. Well, I think I think it comes in like when the yeah when the baby's in there, it's it's right. It's like in the 170s or 160s or something. That's like okay. If it's too slow, they like your baby needs to come out. Okay. Because I think the baby's heart rate drops like dramatically low, and then you give birth. Okay. So you want it to be like. Like pretty fast. So you want to play a drum and bass to your baby? Yeah. Okay. Like you actually could probably. I think there's actually articles out there. You should read that about that. Mm. About uh, how the UK released something where they said they told doctors not to be playing drum and bass in the delivery room. Oh, because it like would confuse or surgery or something. I have no idea. Huh. I don't. I'm That's not a interesting. Yeah. Well, I, I wonder if you could. I was thinking the opposite way. Like I wonder if you could take like a a baby's heartbeat and like you know write a song around that. Maybe one day yeah. you will. Well, I will now. Yeah. <laughs> wow. You could like play it at all the birthday parties. <laughs> yeah. Huh. Well, so what got, how'd you get, because I don't know anybody else. And the reason why I wanted to do this interview is I thought it was interesting because, well, for two, two reasons. One that we had talked about, um, I, I just high volume of production. Mm. Like how you were talking about 
just cranking out tracks. Yeah. And then two, also I didn't know anybody else who, I never, I don't know anyone else who does that. Yeah. So, do you want to talk about that? The, you, you want to talk about the production first? Uh, sure. So, I, I guess like just history for me is I've been DJing drum and bass for 15 plus years. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've been making music on and off for probably the past 10, but it was just really bad. Like I had no idea what I was doing. Good. And there was no, there was no resources online like there is today. There was no videos or you know anything. So it was more just like trying and reading up any kind of literature I could to try to get acquainted with <clears throat> mixing music and um, like the technical aspects of production. Yeah. Is that so? Is that where you primarily learn? Like on the internet? Like from yeah. Other people that are doing it. Yep. Yeah. So. So yeah, so it was just, I'd say like the past like three years, I, I started really, I was just made it a point to like take it serious, like to try to get some tracks uh, that were good enough to be signed. Mm-hmm. And so I just really kind of ramped up my time in the studio and, and learning and then, um, yeah, just kind of spending time making music. and. Yeah, I mean, from what I've listened to, it sounds like professional. I mean, it's not a genre that I'm super familiar with, but it sounds like someone made it at a studio. Like, yeah. It doesn't sound like just some asshole. Otherwise, I wouldn't have had you in here. Yeah. Well, I just say I'm some asshole. Maybe yeah. Well, yeah. maybe you are, but yeah, you, but, you're not just some asshole. You know? <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I like my first tracks didn't sound good at all. You know, and mm-hmm. it's it's like it just takes time, and and you slowly learn like what you're doing, like the the moves that you're making, whether it's adjusting EQ or adding compression. You know what the end result is going to be. Mm-hmm. And then you start to learn your studio monitors and the room that you make music in. And then you, the, those things all eventually over time, you just know what's going to sound good. Uh-huh. Uh, and it's still like a process that I'm nowhere near perfected. It's probably a lifelong journey for most people. So I, that raises a question. Do you, so do you think people that compose music like that, do you think like the rooms that they compose music in are like the best rooms for listening to music? Because the way you have to like always be f- listening and refining like you probably go in there and just rock out well i think that like i think like kind of some simple rules for a studio is you want to reduce the amount of reflections in the room as much as possible Mm -hmm. and then you want to have studio monitors that are as flat as possible meaning that they're the the frequency response is flat it doesn't sound like high fidelity it just sounds flat Mm -hmm. so that you get an accurate uh projection of what's coming out of the computer oh that's interesting and then so so if it's totally flat and you're hearing it's more like accuracy is what you're going for Mm -hmm. so if you hear things accurately then you you, you'll know what they'll sound like in your car or like in a club or something like that right you know and just do headphones on your walk to work or whatever right like but if you made like for instance uh if you make if you were to try to make uh music like on like some high fidelity stereo system where it already sounds good mm-hmm. then you go and play it out somewhere else and it sounds like shit you know what i mean yeah it's interesting because yeah it's taking a, uh, taking away a lot of the uh it's giving you a lot of benefit of the doubt yeah exactly yeah huh yeah that's interesting so i don't know i'm trying, I'm trying to think of how that would be applicable to me for podcasting because i don't know what i'm doing yeah and i think we're probably gonna get some echo on the tr- not echo but like that's reflection sound yep. on this probably you'll get it because i hear it uh and then like the next one maybe you'll just put some foam up or something or yeah you know what i mean to uh-huh. reduce it mm-hmm. oh i wonder if audacity has some way to reduce some of that 
Yeah, you can do it, but it's, it's not better to do it before yeah, you it. before it gets recorded. Yeah, yeah, the ingredients are better. Well, we could always. Uh, I don't know. If, do Do you think it matters now if we move? Like, I don't know. All of our rooms are the same in here. I was gonna say we can move the living room couch, but yeah, it's the same. Fine. Yeah. Huh. So I know we we talked before because I was doing this thing where I was trying to write like every single day. Yeah. So would you say that you have sped up production or that you plan to like produce just more faster? Yeah, so I that my plan was to like treat production almost like a lean startup. Yeah. So it was more like to get quick iterative cycles in and try to make one track a week, uh, knowing that the music that I was going to make probably wasn't going to be great, but over time, like it would really ramp up my experience in the studio and force me to do things that I'm not really good at. Like I'm not really good at creating like intros or you know stuff like that mm-hmm. because it's generally the last thing I do in a song. So just because of that, I have less experience writing intros. Sure. So by forcing yourself to write complete tracks and to mix them, like you're forcing yourself to do all the parts every week. Yeah, uh, that's so good. I think that's brilliant. Anything. I think that's really smart. Yeah, it sounds good. And then I planned to do it and I did it for two weeks and I haven't touched <laughs> anything in like three weeks. So Okay, yeah. well, maybe this will be like a kick in your butt a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you, you'll have to have some, tra- when, I, when I post this in like two weeks, you'll have to have some things for people to listen to that, yeah. that are new. Otherwise, it's going to be like, this guy doesn't have any new stuff out. <laughs> He's just interviewing this nobody that <laughs> does nothing. Yeah, I mean, I, I like that. And, and I especially like it because of that Malcolm Gladwell book, um, uh, not tipping point. What, what the one about where uh, the ten thousand hours one? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, okay, I want to say that on the recording. What the fuck? I don't know the book, but I know what you're talking about. To be uh, a master at something, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, well, what I like about it is because um, the Beatles, before they became big, they played at like some German club, and they played like eight shows a week. Yeah. They'd play like six hour shows. Right. And so they just played. Like continuously and they were never any good but they just forced themselves to play like a ton of songs over and over and over and over and over yeah for like for years like three years so they yeah. played like ten thousand hours together and uh my buddy eric who you'll meet was talking about he listened he he, he watched this recording of them at a at a concert like in a stadium where they like back in the 70s when they had like these crappy little speakers yeah and then they they there's no way they could have heard each other on the stage but when they did the recording like they they pulled the tracks together they were like perfectly in in on time together right? and they couldn't hear each they other? couldn't hear each other because it was so wow, loud so yeah. much screaming because like these concerts are these crazy movies. yeah that's just how well they were trained together so they could have been anybody that became the beatles but they just happened to be the ones that got that german club gig and just played for years together and that's how good they became yeah so if you do a track a week for three years like you could be the biggest drum and bass or drum and baser is that what you say drum and bassist German basis <laughs> in the world. So, what's the market like? Talk me through. Like, okay, so say you do, say you do a, a year of this, like a, fifty tracks. Yeah. What would then you try to do? What would then? You, what would you try to do then? I, I, I guess I don't have any plans. Like, I, I'm not really trying to do this as a career. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah. I'm not trying to like. To trying to like I'm not trying to be in those same list of DJs that I gave at the beginning of this mm-hmm. it's not like my goal so it's more just like to try to find myself through this whole process sure and to try to find my own sound whatever that sound may be and it might only have 10 fans but like I think it's more important for me to find my own sound than it is to you know just kind of have like oh I want to achieve 
10,000 followers by this sure. date. You know, I just don't care about that. That's it. Well, yeah, that's interesting. I mean, I think that you probably find, and what I found with my writing was, my writing, you know, I'm never going to be a Pulitzer Prize winning writer, but... Eh, it, you don't know that. It, it, well, it opens up a lot of other creative outlets in your life, you know? Right, like yeah. The podcast idea and just other random shit memes. I make a lot of memes now, so that's yeah. pretty... It's never going to pay the bills, but <laughs> but they're fun. <laughs> I don't know. It, it, it's like uh, it's like just exercising your brain, you know? Yeah, yeah. 100% agree. Like, I, like for me, I need that. I, I never knew that I needed that creative outlet because I don't really typically... I don't really have a creative brain. Like, I have an engineer's brain, I guess. Mm-hmm. So it's... It, but then I found out when I do complete tracks, it just really like gives you a, a great feeling. Mm-hmm. Uh, had had I not done that, I wouldn't have felt that way. You know, what yeah. I mean? so that it just for it's hard work, and sometimes you don't want to do it. And um, at least for me, but like I when I do it, like I'm really happy with the result generally. That's so, great. Uh, so what, so what do you do now? Like what's your nine to five? And I already know the answer, but the listeners don't know the answer. Yeah, I work at a company called Jersey Watch. Um, we basically make an online management tool for youth sports organizations. Fun. Has nothing to do with German basis. No, but I mean, you could probably go down to the field and like hand out your tape to these kids. <laughs> yeah. And they'd be like, what is this thing? What's, yeah. a, what's a tape? Get them when they're young. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was just kind of saying like they don't know what a tape is, but um, <laughs> yeah, it's a good way to get a lot of early listeners. Um, so that's cool. So yeah, as an engineer, have you found... And you kind of just, you already already answered this, but you have like an analytical, you know, there's a start and there's a finish and it's a problem you can solve it, mm-hmm. brain. But when making music, do you know what it's gonna? I mean, do you have an idea of what it's gonna sound like when you start, or you just kind of like let it take I, you somewhere? I don't, and that's and and anytime I try to like, get, like I have a sound in my head and I want to try to recreate it, mm-hmm. I can recreate it, but it just does not sound good to me. Like it doesn't. Like you don't catch a vibe off of it, mm-hmm. so I I try to never do that. Like I I like I I always wanted to be a hip hop DJ and hip hop producer before I even heard drum and bass, and this is twenty years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know some of the producers that I really looked up to, like they were sample based, and they would take samples from different records and chop them, like typically on like an MPC and. And replay like certain patterns and i like that style and mm-hmm. and i like it for i guess a couple reasons like i like that um like number one you, you, I, I like the way it sounds but like i think the other thing is that you never know what's going to happen like you never know what's going to come out of the machine and i, I think that's hmm. the best way to like make music it's almost just like play around until you get something good yeah even if it's like one you know, a track, a, a drum and bass track could be like anywhere from 20 to 100 tracks or or more, you know what I mean? Like in the, in your software. Wow. But, but you know, it, you spend a lot of time just on that one track trying to find that one like hook, that one vibe that kind of carries the rest of the tune. And then you build elements on top of it. At least that's the way I approach it. Yeah. And then once you have that one thing that's really inspiring and it could just be like a one bar or two bar loop or something, then you just kind of make it better. It's interesting you're, the way you're describing it. It's like an amalgamation of like the unknown, like the the subconscious brain is like what what do you, you keep saying vibe on? Like yeah. what what what's like appealing to me like in the part that I can't explain. But then you're also talking like with your engineer brain, like well, there's X number of tracks and here's the machine that you do it on and here's mm-hmm. the way I would layer it and blah 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 blah. So do you find yeah. yourself more 
you do do you find that you also enjoy like the technical orientation of like the beat the beats per minute and how what that does and like the the hurts and like how you make the sounds and all that other kind of sh stuff like that yeah i i actually i do like the technical parts of it and i think that's the engineer inside of me it's like i really enjoy uh getting mixes to to be clean and, and somewhat loud and um and learning about why it is that that happens you know like mm -hmm. how the brain perceives um certain frequencies or how the brain deals with frequency masking and why you can't have two sort of elements in the same frequency range playing at the same time or they kind of cover each other up you mm. know so like i kind of nerd out on that type of stuff uh but i used to just only nerd out on that type of stuff so it's like i need to like do 50 50 you yeah. know what i mean 50 percent creativity and 50 percent nerding out on the technical aspects of making yeah. music and i think you know if it would then what where my mind's going when you're saying that is uh if you do do like a track a week and just banging it out some yeah. of those things will you know just slip into their own like second nature like you can nerd out kind of subconsciously while you're then also being creative at the same time i think that's 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 it yeah so it's like you know the first few years you're making music you you have no idea you know that you need to get your mix to sound better or louder or whatever it is but mm -hmm. you don't know how to do it yeah. and you read some things online you see some videos usually they're videos of people that don't have any idea what they're doing no yeah. offense but yeah. like just my experience and uh and so you try those things and they don't work and so it's but eventually you'll get it eventually you're you know you just use your ears i think and then just kind of mess around until you just kind of figure it out your mm -hmm. brain figures it out mm -hmm. And then, and then it's in your head. You understand, you, you know, you, you understand your room, you understand the tools that you have and you can just like get creative and just zone out and, and, you know, drink a 40. Yeah. I like that. So do you, when you, you know, you have like a set of tracks, like say maybe do you put them on your phone and like take them to a party with you and like, it could be like background noise, like. You know, because what I found yesterday is I could hook, I could add my SoundCloud to the Sonos, which I have in all the rooms. Yeah. So I, it was me and baby and my wife was asleep and we were just kind of, yeah. you know, and she started just kicking her legs like crazy. I think the, the frequencies masked her and she just went, <laughs> she just went buck. And like, I should have taken a video. She, it was one of your, uh, it was like the very first track that was on the list and I just put it on and she was just like, she's laid on her back and she's staring up at these toys i think she probably was like if you were stoned like the perfect thing to be would be like in a baby's room because it's all these bright lights and like a little fox is like dancing and <laughs> drum and bass uh like i listen to my own music a lot um and, and i don't know <clears throat> i get burnt on it pretty quick yeah you know uh, who um I, I'm wondering, I'm trying to think. There's a famous rapper who said, like, once they release an album, they never listen to it again. Yeah. It might have been, like, Jay-Z or uh, uh, Dr. Dre or somebody said, like, they, they can't stand to listen to it. Because they'll pick it apart. And... Yeah, probably that. And they're just, you know, it's like your baby. I, I guess especially a guy like Scarface said that. Uh, rapper. He does okay. that. He, he, re he releases an album and he's, like, a perfectionist and he just doesn't ever go back and listen to it. That's interesting. Yeah, I mean, I feel the same way about my writing. I sometimes i'll read it and i'll be like oh god thank god this was decent writing but a lot of times i'm just like i can't it's it's almost like embarrassing to read your own stuff again because yeah. you're coming from a new mindset and a fresh place and you're like i, I would have totally changed this i can't believe people are reading this but i think like you're probably like me in some regard where we just don't care that much yeah well of course you wouldn't put it out there in the world if you cared too yeah. much you know so it's like some some of the songs i've released i kind of looking back maybe i shouldn't have released them 
just because I, I don't think I'd matured enough yet. Mm -hmm. But I think you could always say that. You could, yeah. You know, five years from now, you could say the same thing. I should have never released anything from the past five years. I, I don't think it matters. And some of my favorite producers, they just release hundreds of tunes. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So it's like, uh, it's more a stream of consciousness. And just yeah. put it out there and let the world deal with it. And, and yeah. uh, if it bites, it bites. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Yeah, I think you get, um, I think there's a, that's a huge thing in hip hop. You know, you have like, uh, like Lil Wayne, He'll release like a mixtape like every month and it'll have like 40 songs on it or whatever. Yeah, yeah. You know, or yeah. uh, Kendrick Lamar, I think, just did something similar. Yeah, you just put in work, yeah. Yeah, and then I'm sure that's... I'm sure if you take... Like take Prince, you know, arguably the greatest guitarist alive at the time of his death, you know. Yeah. he I, I, His archives had like thousands of unreleased songs. Like, right. Just how you... <clears throat> Sorry. That's okay. It'll just uh, be on the... <laughs> uh what else so the idea behind the podcast is like people that make things like yeah i, I think uh this is a good one because it's music and i don't know a lot of like i know musicians but i also wanted someone who could just like talk about it and not just, just some stoner sit here and play a guitar yeah like i i mean i'm gonna if you don't mind i'll probably take like um i don't know how to do it but it, maybe i'll ask you to like send me a couple like 10 or 20 second clips that I can yeah. like inject in there. Yeah. And then I'd like to like, I don't know how to use any of this stuff. Audacity is the program I have, uh -huh. but what I'll probably do in the beginning is like intro this one with like one of your songs and then okay. I'll do like a little narrative and then we'll, I don't know, I'll intersperse. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. I'll, I'm going to cut it up like a little storyline. Okay, cool. Um, so I'll ask you for that, but I'll also, uh, in addition to that, I'll, come, I'll have Eric come meet me for lunch and over the Rhine and then we'll, hook up with you okay. and just get some photos because I like to put a little article together too that describes it because I like to have I eventually like to have a blog where people can read about these different makers yeah you know see that link to your SoundCloud maybe put like a you know because I am a web developer so I could do this like put like a little widget with like one of your songs on it right there on the thing okay yeah you know whatever whatever yeah Um, and the photos would be good and if you don't have any photos like you you get, get all copies of all the photos okay like, you know, uh, for your mom or whatever you do with them. Do you have a copy? A copy? If you had, if you had a copy, we could watch the copy. Yeah. It's from Road Trip. It's from Road Trip. Never mind. <laughs> Cut that out. He made a Road Trip joke. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I don't know. Is that the one where, what's that one? Is that the... Uh, it's like uh, Stifler and... No, they, they're like getting a car and they go to Austin, Texas. Uh, who's in it? Stifler and uh, Tom Green. Is it, Tom Green's the one that made that joke. Oh, is that is Stifler like? You mean Stifler, the actual Stifler character, or the guy who plays? Not Stifler? the character, but the okay. guy. Uh, Sean Patrick Scott, I think. His name oh, okay, is. yeah, yeah, yeah. Road Trip. I should have looked up the cast of Road Trip before. Yeah, I didn't know that was going to recording this podcast. podcast. That caught me totally unawares. <laughs> um. Well, so what else is going on? <clears throat> how's so life it. you're engaged to be married yep that's exciting when's the big day uh september 15th wow good day yeah <laughs> it's coming up that's in uh, less than a year yep it's in like uh, nine months or 10 10 months 12 10 months something like that some amount of months yeah you guys gonna because you live actually in northern kentucky so you guys gonna get married somewhere over there like the cathedral or something like that or no cancun you can Cancun, Mexico? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's everyone's doing that, going to cool places now. Yeah, that's what we decided. 
It's a nice little vacation for everybody. That's fun. So how many people do you think will go? I have no idea. Four. Really? Like your parents and stuff won't go? <clears throat> no, yeah. I, my parents are going to go and her parents are going to go. And then we're just going to send out a bunch of invitations and see who, whoever comes, comes. That's fun. I mean, Cancun's a pretty approachable, you know, affordable place to go. It's not like some crazy, it's not like France. You know? Right. Yeah. So that's cool. We're doing it in France now. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the idea. You want it to be like intimate and like the closest people and just. Yeah. 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 Wow. We got, we did like the very, uh, typical catholic thing like we get we live here our church is across the street that's where we got married okay and then we had the reception down at like the contemporary art center oh really which is actually a really neat place to do it because they uh you when you reserve that venue you get the whole building you wait get, where, where is it sixth and uh walnut it's the big big glass front it's where the oh, collective yeah, yeah. coffee is there's yeah. a collective in the first floor okay oh yeah that's cool it was neat but it was like the antithesis of what you're talking about it was like you know, three hundred people and cost a million dollars and Oh really? Not a not a million dollars, but like a lot it costs a lot of money. Yeah. Well it's just such a big thing, you know, it's so many so many people and you gotta pay you got a caterer and a florist and a, a lady who brought a million cupcakes in and yeah. Tablecloths and chairs and Yeah, we're trying to avoid all that. I mean it's like it's between should we go to Justice of the Peace and get married or should we go to Mexico? Well, I will tell you, and you might not know about this about me, but I am an ordained minister. So I married Chris and Nikki. Oh, did you? Yeah. And Ooh. I just uh, recently... Good to know. Yeah. Married my cousin, Jessica, and her... And I guess her husband, now Derek. <laughs> so if you guys need someone to just sign your paperwork, I'm happy to do that. All right, cool. <laughs> oh, but oh, never mind, because it, be it would be in Ohio. Ah. Sorry. So we'd have to come back to Ohio to sign the paperwork? You'd have to... Eat, I don't think I can do it. You'd be married in Ohio. You, you can't do it. I think you have to be resident of the state of Ohio. Oh, unfortunately. All right. Sorry. We'll just be Mexican citizens. Yeah, that's fun. <laughs> Cancun. That's a fun idea. Whose idea was that? Uh, <clears throat> you think Brooke and Brett will go? Mutual friends. Yes. Dear listeners. <laughs> that's cool. So I'd like to go. September's a go, time man. To go. Send me an invite. I will. Maybe we will go. Yeah. Get the. Baby can hang out here with the in-laws. Yeah, yeah, there you go. You can bring the baby. We could. She'll be old enough then she won't get the Zika. <laughs> it's like the big fear of the Zika virus. That's Mandy's concern. Well, I don't know. I don't know how big... And, and by that time, there might be a... There'll probably be a shot out for it. Right. Like a shot of tequila. Yeah. You, you <laughs> won't get the Zika, probably. I don't know. Who knows? I mean, we weren't allowed... When Christina was pregnant, we couldn't even go to, like, Colorado. Like, you weren't supposed to go any... Like, although there was, like... 40 states you weren't supposed to go to. Really? Yeah. From, why, why is that? Because it's like, different. That, they just have it there. Like, they didn't have it in Ohio, but in other Western and Southern states, like, oh, there was Zika. Yeah, Zika. Okay. Huh. No, tequila. They had tequila was fine. Oh, they had tequila in Colorado. Yeah. Okay. But they also had Zika. Okay. You, I didn't, see. you don't want to go there because Christina was pregnant. You, or, Both can be bad for you. Yeah. You don't want to do either one of them when you're pregnant. <laughs> Ripping tequila shots. <laughs> um, I don't know. What else? Um, so, I, okay, here's another question about music. Yeah. Um, what do you do? What do you do for inspiration? You said you don't like to try to recreate sounds. Yeah. What do you do? Well, I, I guess <clears throat> I hear sometimes people talk about getting like writer's block, and I just don't. That concept is is bizarre to me because uh, if you're coming from like a sample based background, mm -hmm. it doesn't exist. If you're the type of like musician where you're like you can play the keys really well or whatever. You play multiple instruments or something. 
you could go in and recreate some sound in your head and and start to lay down that music. But generally, you just want to catch like, from my experience, um, and, and I think this is like how like you know jazz musicians would play. Like, one person would just start some kind of riff, and then other people would accompany that riff. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So you would have people that would join in and um, and just kind of geek out. You know? Yeah, and like, it just like feeds on itself. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So like people are feeding off of each other, and I think that's the way I. I make music, so it's the, the inspiration is just really just listening to records. Like I'll just you get a record player and a crate of records, or sometimes I just use like Spotify and like just go through some playlist I've never seen before and um, listen for sounds that sound interesting, and then record them and chop them up and replay them and repitch them and you know just make them different and then yeah. try that fifty different times until you get a combination you really like, and then once you have that, that carries you forward. Like that's my experience. So I think the inspiration is just like that is the process. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That's For interesting. Because I think a lot of people are thinking like, well, you know, that sounds great, but how do you get that first riff? You know, you said some guy just needs to play a riff. Yeah. But it's, you know, it sounds like you could just, anything, it's mash the keys, you know, just like find some sound yeah. that you like and just take that and then, you know, that's your seat, build your whole. Exactly. That's the seat. World and, around it. And then build the whole track around it. Um, and yeah, and you just do that 50 times and then there you go. Yeah, I found that with writing, it's like I have experienced writer's block and I think sometimes it's just like fatigue and you're just trying at the wrong time. But yeah, like getting that, if I have a one line bouncing around in my head, that's how I'll do like my blog posts. I'll have like one idea. Yeah. I'll write the first sentence and the rest of the blog post will come. That's interesting. 500 words. So, okay, so you have like one central idea that you base the rest of the Yeah, like I, I have a spreadsheet that just has like t blog titles and that's how I'll write an article. Yeah. Hmm. It, I mean, I just like, it's something I'll hear. I'll, I'll hear, like, um, I heard this really asinine thing, like especially in this political climate, you hear like a lot of dumb things getting said. Yeah. And, you know, Twitter is like the worst place in the world for any sort of logical discussion because of how short the sentences are and everyone's just mean to each other. Right. But the, the thing you see a lot that really irritates me is people will say, like, someone show me evidence of some this wrongdoing, like whether it's Hillary or Trump or whoever. They're like, so show me evidence. And the, the response will be, have you tried Google? Like, that is not a response. Like, please yeah. shut up. Like, that's not showing evidence. Like, you can, anyone can Google anything, but. Yeah, yeah. So that's like, that, that's been echoing in my head and I'll probably write about it. Like, you're not, you don't know how to argue. Just shut up, you know? Yeah, I, I'm with you on that. I mean, I just mean, I, I don't want to talk about politics on this thing, but like, uh, that's just how, that's how my inspiration comes. It's like one single thread, like one flavor, and I'll try to capture that with my words. You know? Yeah, I think there's similarities to what we do then. It's just, <clears throat> you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like you have sort of this, this single seed of inspiration and then you, the vehicle for you is, is writing and the vehicle for me is making music and it just kind of spawns in different yeah. directions. I like that. And I like that, you know, drum and bass, and I'll do this at my work, I, you, I guess you probably do too, is music with a lot of lyrics can be really distracting yeah. for me sometimes. So I'll, I'll, I'll just put on like, um, there's a, like some pianists that I really like, or I'll put on like electronic or, yeah. you know, Skrillex usually kind of gets under my skin a little bit, like when I'm trying to work, when it's like <laughs> yeah. making my blood go crazy. <laughs> but your stuff I could definitely listen to. I haven't listened to a lot of it, but... You know, it's more like ethereal and sometimes it's like atmospheric and it is like a little bit like it does pick up a little bit. I, I Yeah. And I don't know, like, 
like I'm with you on the instrumental stuff, but that's always been me. I've always just kind of listened to instrumental music or like if I liked hip hop, I always liked the production first and the lyrics second. Mm -hmm. It's just kind of just the way I've listened to music or, you know, all my life. Mm -hmm. um, so, but with regard to like the music that I have right now, like I have no idea if that's going to change in three months or six months. Like I, you know, and I, I think that's kind of the exciting thing. It's like, I'm not just going to just be, I might just be like the same type of music I've been making, mm -hmm. but I might not be in three months or six months. Like it might spawn into a different direction. And I feel like that's kind of like exciting to me. You yeah, know what I mean? Probably. Absolutely. And that's um, spoken like a true artist. Like just let the art take you, you know, like this is how, this is your way of, stamping your fingerprint on the human condition you know yeah Ooh, that's deep well like i, I, like I you it. know jersey watch is great and it's a great product but like this is your way to leave like an impact you know yeah like anyone could write code but not anyone can make can be a drama bassist oh that's okay that's a good point not that i'm no if if like uh your co-workers listen to this i'm not diminishing your jersey watch it's a very important product for the world right but uh, this is about art and making. Yeah, no, I, well, so I think that there's, what I do like about the business part about it is that you can put creativity into the business. Mm -hmm. But I agree that it's two different outlets. Yeah. yeah but okay. the interesting part about like what I do is, is that I sort of don't have like this box I have to work in. Yeah. You know what I mean? I can, I can take things in directions that I think are the best from my end of the business mm -hmm. and in a in like a way that's that gives you create you, you have to be creative in order to to make that happen mm -hmm. you know what i mean so yeah. i think i think there's some parallels but it's definitely not like stream of consciousness just see what comes out like yeah. you can't do that with your work you know what i mean sure so separate those two things like that yeah, yeah. but yeah well that's cool well um i don't know do you have anything else I used up all my questions, I think. Um, oh, so what's your home studio look like? Uh, it's just like a... You do it at home, right? Yeah. It's just like a third bedroom and then um, I got a desk and, you know, some studio monitors and I got some foam on the walls to try to deaden the room a little bit. And yeah, it's not much, man. I got like a little condenser mic and a little sound card. Uh, uh, a couple pieces of of like hardware that are just controllers, really. Um, so do you record you record into a piece of machinery and that and then you use it on the computer, or do you record directly into your computer? Generally, it's all made directly on the computer. <clears throat> so uh, so when you use the mic, like what do you use that for? Do you like make mouth sounds or like? Uh, so I'll record. Yeah, like sometimes, like sometimes I'll record just whatever like sometimes you can bang on something and then yeah. use that as like a loop and a layer in your drums or cool. something yeah uh sometimes i'll do little vocal snippets and pitch them up and then put them in the background you can't even really tell that they're there um so you, you could do like auto-tune and stuff like you could sing and then like auto-tune it on it yeah i probably won't but i could <laughs> do it <laughs> that's cool so it, i mean yeah. have you kind of piecemeal it like as time goes on just added different things that you've felt would improve the process uh or did you like go out and buy all this crap like in one day no yeah it's kind of came together over time like I, I think i started with like i started on reason like years ago uh, it's, it's just a piece of software that was kind of like one of the original like how to model a studio in the box like in your computer mm -hmm. 
and then bought a controller and it was like a small like 25 key midi keyboard ah. and then and then eventually got a bigger one for some stupid reason and then <clears throat> i have like a this ah. thing called ableton push and i use that primarily to like play things in key and uh chop samples on um i use that quite a bit that's cool but but really it's just that and the computer and then i just do everything with a trackpad and the and the macbook you know yeah and just kind of do it all the work like that that's cool so what's piece like um what software do you use on your machine uh ableton live ableton live but yeah. you use ableton push is something different it, yeah it's so push is like a, a heart piece of hardware that syncs up oh it's an actual piece of software or hardware i mean yeah 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 ableton that's like the big all the drum bases use it uh no it's kind of i mean some of them you know it's like i'd say probably the the top three are Cubase, Logic, and Ableton. It's generally, what people use. Cubase. Um, I got. Uh, well, you remember, like in ninth grade, when everyone got like Fruity Loops. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, actually, that one too. FL Studio is definitely a lot of people use that now. FL Studio is a Fruity Loops. Studio? That's like Fruity Loops, but I guess the more matured product. For grownups. Yeah, <laughs> Fruity Loops for grownups. But uh, yeah, that's that, that's really powerful, and a lot of people use it. A lot of producers that I like use it. Uh, it's a PC thing, though. You can't get it on Mac. Really? Yeah. That's unfortunate. At least not yet. Part of the problem for me is, like, the patience thing. Like, you seem to be a lot more patient. Like, if... Because I'm just looking at Audacity. I'm like, oh, my God. There's 500 buttons on this thing. Like, I'm never going to figure this out. Yeah. I'll, I just want to, you know... I can help you, man. You might have to. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> right now, all I just... And I have learned how to cut out the pieces that I want... And like cut out the dead zones and copy and paste. Okay. 